I just like I didn't drink enough water yesterday on top of being in an airport and and an airplane for however many hours. It's just like the driest air imaginable. Hello and welcome to the Android Please podcast. Uh, I am not Daniel Bader. I think he's on a beach somewhere, like quite literally on a beach, hopefully enjoying some well-deserved time off. No, I'm Will Saddleberg. I am coming to you. Theoretically, it would have been direct from Barcelona in, in Mobile World Congress, but life happens and we got too busy to record running around uh, on the show floor. So instead, I'm coming to you from Buffalo, fresh off uh, uh, an entire day's worth of travel, like genuinely like 22 hours of travel. But I am joined by two guests who were there with me in person like 48 hours ago, which is exciting. Um, do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Because we've got one returning guest, one new guest, and I think that's I fun. think that's a cue that I should start. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go for it. Hi, my name is Manuel. I'm the Google editor at Android Police, and I was at MWC with Will and Dom. And I am Dom. I'm the I'm the commerce editor. I am nowhere near a beach. I guess if we had actually done this in Barcelona, we like Beta could have been vaguely beach yes. adjacent. Instead, I am in very, very, very wet grey London right now. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm in Berlin. Yes, yeah, and I genuinely was, as I was telling these guys, was treated uh, to a snowstorm the second my plane landed uh, <laughs> last night in Buffalo, which is, but it's going to be, it's going to warm up like tomorrow and, and be like borderline summer weather on Monday here. It's all over the map. But yes, next year we should record this at the beach in Spain, I think is the right way to do it. This is two years in a row now where where we've planned to do a podcast there and it has not gone according to plan last year our, our i think mics... i've planned a podcast almost every time i've been at a trade show and yeah. have never pulled it <laughs> not once. so so last year it was that i didn't have the right size sd card for the recorder that i had brought which i had not tested prior because i was like oh i've used a zoom recorder i used zoom recorders all the time in college like what could go wrong and the answer was that it's old enough where it was like if you're uh, SD card is bigger than like 16 gigabytes. It's not going <laughs> to recognize it. And I was like, well, I've only got 128 gigabyte SD cards. So the audio quality on that was not the best it's ever been. And then and Are then you this saying year, that my MacBook has a bad microphone? <laughs> no, Manuel. Actually, you and James sounded great. By the way, James was there this year too. He is just uh, in a thousand meetings today as he tries to catch up from MWC. He, you and James sounded great from what I remember from that recording. I was the one who sounded like I was recording in the room next to you guys. <laughs> and then this year, I, I had all the equipment. Uh, it was the time issue. We just didn't have the time. So we are here to play catch up and kind of talk about what we saw on the show floor. Having four of us there this year kind of made it so that I feel like more than ever, we really did see between the four of us see kind of everything that people were talking about there is that is that fair to say guys i think the one thing we didn't see was the humane ai pin oh i saw it oh okay well then we saw everything <laughs> i just didn't i just didn't care <laughs> it was, it was um, so interesting that you you were talking about it non-stop will right i i feel like you never stopped going on about the humane ai pin while we were there <laughs> we also saw a vision pro in the press room i didn't even see a vision pro i, I saw a second a one at the airport i saw two across the trip I saw a photo someone took of someone using a Vision Pro on the show floor, but I didn't get to see one. And honestly, I'm a little upset because I thought I would see a bunch of them there and I didn't. It was kind of bizarre because like, uh, it, it, 
they're obviously not um, available to buy in Europe. And for me, it was like the first time I saw someone walking around with yeah. it and like mm. walking to the press room and everybody was like turning their heads after the person. It was <laughs> the whole press room watching this guy. I mean, that was probably what that guy wanted, to uh-huh. be fair. So, yeah, MWC a big i don't know if it was bigger than last year actually like i in terms of news like it was it was kind of a weird year like all of the news was was weird in a in a way right it wasn't what you would have expected we had a couple like basic not basic but like standard smartphone launches right specifically global launches for like the magic 6 pro and the, the xiaomi 14 ultra the xiaomi the 14 yeah one. thank you i was like i was like i'm forgetting another one yes uh xiaomi was there but I feel like the second you walked away from like those few announcements, it like things started getting weird and you started hearing phrases like Barbie phone, right? <laughs> like Motorola bendable. Like it was a weird year. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. So we've got our awards on the site. I think the best way to kind of talk about the show at large is to kind of just run down what we think of eight products. I think they're in here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so let's do that, and then we'll kind of do a wrap-up of anything that wasn't included in here that we want to talk about, and then we'll call it a day, because I think we're all tired. I'm tired. I know I'm tired. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's late for you guys. It is it is 11 a.m. here for me, so it's getting pretty late in the day for you. But um, the Honor Magic 6 Pro, let's start with that. Um, Manuel, you reviewed this? Yes, that's right. Yes? I edited this review, and I'm still unsure <laughs> whether you did it um manuel you uh reviewed the honor magic 6 pro and it, that's probably as good of a, a spot to start if you want to tell us about the phone so what's special about the honor magic 6 pro is its battery it's still a lithium iron battery but it basically exchanges the regular graphite anode for a silicon carbon anode and that allows it to mm. pack more energy in the same space as like a regular battery and it can also run on uh colder temperatures where like Lithium ion batteries usually struggle with, uh, as we all know from EVs. That's why this phone has a 5,600 mAh battery, and I just couldn't kill the battery in a single day, which was like exciting. And I wish we had that on every phone. And I think that was my title for the review because I genuinely wish we had it on every phone. But even beyond that, I think the Honor Magic 6 Pro is so far Honor's most polished flagship phone. It basically checks all the boxes, like it has a Snapdragon 8 Gen 3, it has Face ID and fingerprint sensor, it has a wonderful screen that basically jumps at you, like it's curved to all four edges. Um, I know we're kind of moving away from this design, like the industry is kind of moving away from it, but like for people who still like curved screens, like the Honor Magic 6 Pro is, is a good bet. So like, yeah, I was genuinely all around happy with it. The software, like as so often with uh, Chinese brands, isn't the best in a sense, in the sense that it's very aggressive with battery life. So like it's gonna try to suspend apps in the background. And that means that you might miss some notifications unless you dig into settings. And that's basically the one thing you have to be aware of with the software. Other than that, it just takes some getting used to if you come from a Pixel or a Samsung, but like once you get used to it, you're used to it. So yeah, that's my takeaway. You passed the phone around at, at dinner one night, and I was I was taken aback by how nice the hardware felt, which I feel like has not always been true for for Honor phones. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, I personally just like this design much better than the previous one they had. It's it still looks the same. Like it still has this big round camera bump on the back at the top of the back, but it just looks more refined in a sense. Like it just uh, 
it looks like it's basically the most finished product so far, <laughs> if you want to say it. Yeah, it looks a little more purposeful. On, on the Magic 5 Pro, it really did feel like they just threw three cameras into a ring and called it a day. And this time around, it does look like someone spent a while designing how they wanted that camera to look. And you can tell yeah. the difference. Right, yeah, that's, that's a good description. This might be the first Honor phone that I'm kind of jealous. Might not, might be too strong of a word, but like, you know, wish that I could at least get my hands on in the in the U.S. I that's a feeling I feel more about Xiaomi phones these days, mm -hmm. just because of those cameras and like the, how excellent the hardware is on those. But like, it is interesting of that I'm coming off, um, you know, like the S24 series, uh, especially, and being like dying for anything new anything fresh at the table right and it's there in android it's just not in the us which i feel like is a big takeaway when you go to mwc now that i've done it twice it's just like the smartphone world is so much larger than us consumers are aware of it is just that none of that will ever make its way over here and i don't know like it's kind of a bummer i guess because like not to get into like non MWC news, but like we've seen leaks this like while we were there, both the Z Fold 6 and the Z Flip 6 have both like leaked renders at this point and they look like nearly identical, especially the Flip, but both look nearly identical to like what we saw last year. And it's, I find it frustrating that like, for sure, there are companies pushing their designs forward. It's just not any of the ones that are in the U.S. It is, it is all of the ones that are, are either in China or on a global scale outside of the, the U.S. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Like, I, I got to play with the OnePlus Open uh, while I was at MWC. Ironically, that's like that one phone brand that wasn't in Germany for a while, and I live in Germany. Yep. So, like, I basically had my hands on the Magic V2. That's, like, yes, honest, yeah. uh, big flagship foldable. and then looked at OnePlus Open, I was like, wow, this thing is so thick. Like, because the, what's special about the V2 is that it also has the silicon carbon-based battery, but like first generation yeah. instead of second generation, which allows it to be super thin, but like still have a 5,000 milliampere battery. And I was just like, okay, wow, uh, the software, the uh, multitasking stuff looks super interesting on the OnePlus Open, but like the hardware, I can see why you would like uh, more of these Chinese phones and brands in the u.s yeah i i played with when i was walking around and i stopped at honors i i played with the phantom and it's it's it does make the open which is the thinnest foldable you can get in the u.s feel chunky and i'm still like oh but like it's not bad you know and like we're looking at the flip six the fold six might be basically as thick as last year's phone and the, the fold five was already of the three foldables that arrived here the thickest of the three the Flip 6 is looking like it might be thicker to include a larger battery, which is a crazy decision, to be honest. And I wrote a little bit about this after the Fold 6 leaks, but it's like the innovation in foldables is there. It's just that the company that like pushed forward this entire product class is not doing it. Mm -hmm. That's true. Anyway, it's silly. But you know what? The other thing at the show, besides like hardware you can get in the US, was hardware you can't get anywhere, which is to say a lot of concepts, a lot of concept devices, including this Lenovo ThinkBook transparent display concept. So this is a, a laptop with a completely transparent display as the top. It, it's kind of it's using a touchscreen at the bottom, which I think is a little like hat on a hat. You don't need to just build it into a normal chassis with a keyboard or whatever. But like 
the top of this i actually thought about that and it would look kind of weird if you could see the when you fold it shut and you could see like a regular keyboard underneath it you know i would kind of be into it if if you just saw through and you saw like the keyboard i don't know i don't know what it, it you would have to stylize the keyboard for sure but I would kind of like that. Obviously, this is not a thing that is long oh, yeah. anytime soon, if ever. But I think depending on how you designed the inside of the laptop, you could make it work even with the keyboard and the, and the trackpad obviously showing up. Yeah, I mean, that would be like leaning into the actual transparent tech design in the way that nothing has. And exactly. obviously, it's that, you know, loads of 90s tech that did that. Um, that. You could consciously design this that way to play out that angle. Yeah, and I think I think that would be kind of cool. Like, But like, the flashiest part of this is obviously, and it's it's the image that we have in our awards, is like paint being open on this Windows laptop and like seeing drawings of, um, you know, squiggles around and just like looking behind it and seeing like, oh, like you can just see through these drawings. Like it's it's a neat effect. It's like mm-hmm. here gimmick, right? And we'll talk about Motorola's gimmick too. But like, this is the one where I'm like, no, it's just cool though. Like, it doesn't really add yeah. anything. But also, I still kind of want a clear smartphone. Like, just there make is that no use case. Absolutely, right? There's nothing. This does. But I don't think thing... they're pretending. That's. I think that might no. be why I like it. There's. They're not pretending it's useful. They're like, it just looks cool. And I'm like, you're right. It does look cool. It's just sci-fi. Yes. We've all seen sci-fi stuff with transparent phones and transparent computers, and we want it. That's all this comes down to. And we're finally at a point where they can kind of build that. Yeah. Right. That's cool. Yeah. Did, did you guys see it in person? I didn't. Yeah, I saw it when I walked to the press room. And the person who was using it, like who was testing it, basically had like a regular website open. And that took a lot away from the effect because obviously you have like a background of it. You have like a white background. And that takes away quite a lot of the effect. But it's kind of fun to see it from behind, which is yes. also a privacy issue. But like, yeah, that, that's what you <laughs> yeah. get with these uh, science fiction ideas, right? That's a good point. I, it is funny. It, it On one hand, it's like, it's really nice that like, if you opened up settings and, and like made it full screen or a browser or whatever, it like makes it look like any other laptop for the most part, at least when you're looking at it, where you're like, I can use this as a laptop for work or whatever. It's not the transparency isn't getting in the way of me doing like the actual things I need to do. But on the other hand, that does mean also that like if you're not showing like your clear desktop or whatever, which like I have my laptop open and then also a monitor in front of me right now. And I have like it's not like part of my desktop is showing through like I would never actually see that effect, which I guess takes away from it a little bit. But it does mean that like should this ever arrive in an actual laptop, it would at the very least be. Uh, it wouldn't get in the way of you doing things, but yeah, it was it was cool. And we'll, we'll, we can talk. You know what? Actually, the 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 bendable isn't on here, so let's briefly talk about that. I walked away with the uh, from the Motorola bendable, which is kind of a almost a sequel to the riser they had last year, being fairly unimpressed, if only because kind of the opposite of Lenovo's concept. It's trying to be like we have a use case for why you would want a bendable phone. It's so that you can transform it into a uh, a very awkward smartwatch that looks bad on your wrist and i'm just kind of confused as to why they launched that or like so so for backstory they basically showed off of an earlier prototype of this eight years ago and it hasn't really like that was also the use case they had then so they this has been sitting in a drawer for eight years and they've thought of no other additional ways that like bendable tech could change your life beyond this the like transforming into a smartwatch using a like magnetic clasp and the fact that it can kind of stand up on its own which is like okay i like pop sockets exist so i don't know if that really matters i wanted to like it i just kind of walked away being like 
they're just trying to get their name out there, basically. Yeah. It really reminds me of the Nubia Alpha. Okay. I don't know if you remember that, which launched at NWC 2019. And that was not a proper foldable like this, but it was a smartwatch. Yeah. That had a wraparound screen to yeah. curve all the way around your wrist. I do and remember it this. it was dreadful. Yeah. Yes. It was absolutely awful. I actually, I saw it at the show and I got someone to review as well. Awful, 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 awful. Terrible piece of tech. Couldn't justify itself at all. Unclear whether it was meant to be a terrible phone or a terrible smartwatch. And just ended up the absolute worst of both worlds. Yeah. And yeah, this reminds me of that. It's the same thing. And again, it, it's cool. It's fun to see someone coming up with ways you can have foldable tech that does this interesting stuff. But you just look at it, look at the final thing and say, it's going to be bad at both of its jobs. Exactly. So I don't really want it. And it's nowhere near as cool as a transparent screen. So it doesn't sort of get enough of a pass on, on that test yeah. to justify being kind of bad on a functional level. Exactly. Well, and, and and we've seen, it's not like this is the first time you've seen a bendable display. Like I said, they showed this off eight years ago. Mm -hmm. So like the, the display tech has been there, obviously not at a mass market level, but it's still not there at a mass market level. So that doesn't matter. Wow. I did completely forget about the Nubia Alpha. I, I feel like, Jules, if you can put a link to something about this in the show notes, because people need to see what this thing looks like. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like is it two cameras is there a camera on both sides or is it a camera and a, a sensor on the other side Ooh, it's, I don't it remember. is I, gaudy I, I would say yes i have there are a few bits of tech i've reviewed that i've gotten as many weird questions from friends when i'm you know sat down at the bar and they've just looked at that thing on my wrist what the hell are you wearing dom <laughs> GSM Arena just describes it as running a proprietary OS, and I think that's it. Doesn't say which; it just says proprietary OS. And I think that's great. God, wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I I don't know. There, I I wrote about how this was a, a concept heavy show, and I think that's that the bendable was probably the one that left me coldest. It wasn't even the only bendable there. Like Samsung also had its own, or Samsung Display mm -hmm. rather had its own. Um, like bendable smartphone. Although when when Manuel and I went to take pictures of it, um, we did. Or I I did uh, I did take pictures of it. But Manuel asked if there was a working model, and we found out that like someone had broke it by slapping it on their wrist. <laughs> yeah. Um, like full slap band style. But I mean, it's like a. It, it's I, I kind of like thought about that, and isn't that a neat way to store your phone so it's not sitting in your pocket? Or am I overthinking? Well, so so the Samsung one like was fully it, it it was more rigid than the Motorola one. So like I think their goal was for it to just like like a slap band like wrap around your wrist. Whereas the Motorola one like had this like awkward magnetic clasp that I guess would just be on your wrist when you took the phone off. It like if the phone mm. shipped tomorrow. Okay. Which would be silly. Um and I don't even think like the magnets would like you know like their only real like use case thing right when, when we were getting demoed was like oh like you slap it on and then you you go for your jog and you've got your phone on your wrist and i'm like one do i trust those magnets to hold the phone for the full run probably not yeah and like if that thing hits the ground it's done <laughs> it's done yeah two again so the practicality of it it's like so i'm out for a run and my phone is wrapped around my wrist what's going on on the phone it's playing music on my bluetooth earbuds and it's displaying like strava or whatever running app i prefer and 
that's probably about it. And like maybe I'm checking incoming notifications. And it's like the first two any smartwatch can do with a lighter build that is not going to be at risk of falling off. And then the third one, any LTE connected smartwatch can do, like even without a phone nearby. So it would just be a worse smartwatch. Like that's really what it would come down to. Very similar to the Nubia device. So yeah. Speaking of Nubia, who saw the Nubia Flip 5G? That was me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, tell me about it. I looked at it too. I did not see it. So tell me about it. I mean, it's just one of what ended up being a, a whole string. I think there were four different companies that came yeah. out to MWC this year with cheap flip phones, which would all be a lot more exciting if Motorola hadn't gotten their first last year with the regular yes. Razer. Yeah, uh, regular or the, the Razer Minus, I think everyone yeah. decided to call it. <laughs> but the, the Flip 5G is clearly just going after that market. It obviously won't launch in the US, but it's going to launch worldwide and yeah. coming in at 600 bucks which, or, you know, the equivalent in other markets, which again would be really impressive compared to the 700 Razer price tag if it wasn't that the Razer has literally never spent a day of its life at $700 and has been $500 since day one, because that's really... They were like, it's oh, it's, a, it's an early $500 price. Like, if you buy early, you get it for 500 and it's like, we're, it's, it's like when you we're go to... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's when you go to a gaming, like a, any game store, any store that sells video games, and you see, like, the day one edition of a game that came out two years uh-huh. ago, and you're like... Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll buy the... And it's, like, marked down. It's like, yeah, I'll buy the day one edition, sure. Yeah. It is interesting to see how many flip phones, like, took over. Yeah. They're almost Everyone like clearly wanted to prove they can make these now. Yeah. It's the way of saying, hey, look, you know, we can do a foldable, too. We can do an exciting phone. We're not a boring company. Even Energizer, whose whole shtick right. when they come to these things is to make these phones with enormous, silly, comically large batteries. You know, they had one this year with... Was it 28,000 milliampere battery or something? Oh, the big... They also then yeah. threw out a flip phone. And yeah. why would you need an Energizer flip phone? With a surprisingly small battery, considering yes, that it, that's like the whole brand. It's 3,000 and something milliampere's on their flip phone. It's not even like an average flip phone battery. It's a small flip phone battery. Yeah. Very strange from them. The Nubia flip also reminded me a lot of the Techno Phantom V flip, mm-hmm. uh, yes. which launched yeah. late last year down to the very similar outer display yeah. that's circular mm-hmm. and basically the same strategy, like launch a cheap phone and get into the market with that, like basically try to capture that market that like Samsung, for example, hasn't gone into just yet. And I think both of these in the few markets where they're sold alongside the Moto are still technically cheaper when you look at the um, original price. Although I think the Razer Minus at this point is basically down to the same price as these new phones. So that's a lot of competition. Yeah. And, and I think we gave this an award, not really because the Flip 5G in and of itself is super exciting. And I don't know how you'd really go and pull the Nubia flip phone apart from the Doogie, apart from the Blackview, apart from the Energizer. These are all very similar devices with very similar specs. But it's just kind of nice to see a whole wave of companies coming into this space and a whole wave of companies coming in and trying to push the entry-level price down further because for so long, any sort of foldable was a 1,000, and that was it. That was just the entry-level point. And last year was the first big year where that really changed, and now we're seeing several other companies come out swinging and say, no, these can be $500. These can be $600. And that's great pressure to have on companies like Samsung to feel that they also need to start pushing their prices down, that we maybe do need that Galaxy Z Flip FE version coming in at 700 or, or whatever it ends up being. Manuel, you mentioned Techno, and I did give an award to one Techno product. I was there sponsored by Techno. I did not um, 
well, anyway, yeah. The thing that caught my attention the most at Techno's booth was not any of their phones necessarily, or even their like concept rollable. Like again, like we talked about how many concepts were there. It was the Pocket Go, which is, I believe in it. It's not. There's no availability details yet, but it's not a concept either. I do think this is coming to market at some point. It's just that we don't have a price or, or a release date, but it is a combination of like an AR headset which it's like okay yeah we've seen lots of those before and then like the steam deck right they've basically built a small windows pc into the controller into a gaming controller that plugs into these ar glasses to give you a 215 inch display like in front of your eyes using two micro oled displays like embedded in the glasses and it can run like cyberpunk right like it can run like actual like steam games like the steam deck would and I don't know, like I I hadn't seen anything like this before, to my knowledge, like for as many Steam Deck clones or rivals as there are, like no one has done one like this. And I think it's kind of fascinating. Totally. Like this, I have to be honest, like I I basically totally missed this one and I'm kind of excited by it, like based on your description. Yeah. Techno is like, I feel like a brand that kind of came out of nowhere a year ago with their cheap foldable. And they've been trying to, like, ride the brand awareness that they have made while also, you know, still more or less selling devices in, in the markets that they were already selling in, right? Like, they announced, like, a $230, like, gaming phone that was their big standard smartphone announcement this year. And that's not going to come to to a lot of the markets that we cover. Yeah, techno is, like, super big in some Asian mm-hmm. and African exactly. markets, actually. Yes. Um, but, like, th- this is, like, something that I could see, you know it's it's a little unpolished in the way that you would kind of expect from something like this, but I don't know if it's that much more unpolished than like the vision pro to be honest with you. Like it's, it's not like <laughs> you still have a cable coming down from your headset into something that is, you know, it's just that it's a controller instead of a, a battery pack, but like it is doing what it sets out to do really well, uh, at least like in the, in, in early testing. And I would be, I would love to see it launch like, everywhere like i think this is something that could win people over in a way that like they wouldn't expect but i don't know i i think it's really neat yeah totally it's a great idea mm-hmm. what else so so we've got two xiaomi products we've got the 14 ultra and then the pad 6s pro manuel did you see both of these or did both of you see these uh, i think it was me it was I, was me. Okay. I, I was at xiaomi's press okay, conference okay, okay. Uh, yes that's right that's right manuel was at honors Just, yes i knew this yeah that's right. Yeah. I drew the short store and got Jamie's mammoth <laughs> hour and 45 lecture on its new product lineup. I think uh, Technos was also an hour 45 if you want to, if you, if you okay. want to, and, and we had to get there half <laughs> an hour early. Better. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Xiaomi announced a low. They had a few wearables as well. I think these were the two that stood out to me. The tablet I'll go first because it's definitely the, the less interesting, but this is just another big 12.4 inch Android tablet, but it doesn't do anything crazy. It doesn't do anything exciting. The display is probably going to be pretty solid. It's 3K and 144 hertz refresh rate, coming in at the same size, basically, as a Tab S9 Plus, but closer in price to the Tab S9 FE Plus. And it's doing that Xiaomi thing of kind of having a pretty clear Samsung rival, but being comfortably cheaper than that in the markets where it's going to come out. I kind of wanted to call out, honestly, partly because I use the Xiaomi Pad 6 and I previously used the Pad 5. And they actually just make really good tablets. And for a while, certainly for the European market, I think they have been making the best Android tablets around for the price that you get. They have 
really solid displays, strong specs. They've actually done a good job of making first MIUI and now Hyper OS uh, pretty well suited to the tablet setup. And they got a lot of that in even before we got the Android 12 L update and that really improved things. So I could see this doing really well in, in markets where people want a big Android tablet. And at the moment, you kind of just have Samsung doing that. And this at least gives you someone else making a large tablet running Android with strong specs. And that's just nice to see. Nothing really else to say about it. It has no unique, exciting, unheard of features. But yeah, I can totally second that. Um, like I've, I don't know which one it was, but like I reviewed an, a Xiaomi Pad like back in the day mm. and came away like surprisingly, like with a surprisingly good uh, experience. And I didn't expect that going into it. Yeah, I, I think the first one I looked at was the 5, and I had relatively low expectations, came away really, really, really surprised. I was I was back working at Tech Advisor at the time, we did a video then comparing it to whichever iPad it came in as the obvious rival to, and it was one of those things where you just stood them side by side, and the Xiaomi basically beat the iPad on every single spec you could name. And even, like, yeah, our, our Apple editor there was kind of won over, and he was ready to say, oh, okay, yeah, this is this is actually a better piece of hardware on every level than... The software's not that far off. 14 Ultra, back on the phone side, is their big flagship for this year. It's getting a global release like last year's 13 Ultra did, which is nice to see. I've got to be, I'll be honest, it's another slightly iterative release. This made me think of the S24 Ultra in the way that you look at it, and visually it is the same as last year's phone, except for some very small tweaks that they've made. Where I'm in like a bit more forgiving of the iterative stuff here is that the big change they've made is to the main camera. And if you're going to be iterative, but only kind of change one thing, that's one of the best places you can spend that R&D money, especially when what they're doing here is not fixing what was bad in the 13 Ultra. They're leaning further into its strengths. The 13 Ultra had an incredible camera, but particularly it had an incredible main camera. That primary sensor was probably my favorite in 2023. So the fact that they're saying, right, yeah, we're going to leave great. the telephotos basically the same. We're going to leave the ultra wide the same, the selfie camera the same. But we found even more room to make that main camera better, to pull apart from all of our you know, other Chinese manufacturer competition. That's what excites me here. Basically, they've done that by throwing in a new one inch light 900 sensor, which is, I think, only the Oppo Find X7 Ultra has that so far. So it's only the second phone to pack that sensor. They've got the same variable aperture tech that they had on, on last year's phone but now they've widened the lower end of that scale. So it's got a bigger aperture range and it will go wider with a new sensor, better light capture, et cetera, et cetera. I tried this for 30 seconds after a press conference in a weirdly lit room. So I have no idea how good this camera is, but on paper, I'm very excited by it. Yeah, like I was also, I, I didn't test the 13 Ultra, but I tested the um, 13 Pro mm. and I already came away like super impressed with the camera last year. So like hearing that it's supposed to be even better, and across all lenses, that, that's great. Honestly, the 13 Ultra was nearly the phone I, I kept using for most of last year. And the only reason it wasn't is because I reviewed a Chinese handset and trying to run the Chinese software is just a constant war of attrition. And it was too frustrating and, and I gave up. But I was very sad to give it up because the, 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 the camera hardware and the camera experience was so, so excellent. Uh, and that's coming from someone who's kind of been all in on Vivo phones for their cameras for a long time. And last year was the first year Xiaomi made me think maybe they'd come out ahead. And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to see if they've, if they've managed to win that battle this time around. I remain 
so frustrated that at least to my knowledge and i feel like i would know there is no phone in the u.s that has a one inch sensor like no still and and it's driving me crazy like i just want like (laughs) the option you know i don't know um i really was hoping samsung would swap to a one inch sensor with the s24 ultra and they just were like no actually we don't care um (laughs) you're gonna get i was surprised because it's been a couple generations yeah. now of, yeah. of the big, the big Vivo and Xiaomi and Oppo exactly. phones using them. They're, they're not brand new anymore. Exactly. I really thought I was like, this is the year where Samsung will finally deem it appropriate to switch. And like, they were like, what if we make as few changes as possible to this phone? <laughs> <laughs> People still buy it. Uh, it's got titanium though, so they can sell it on that. So we've got two wearables left on this on this awards list. And I've accidentally saved it so that it was a product none of us have reviewed that Taylor reviewed for the site. <laughs> and uh, the Galaxy Ring, which James, who is not on this call, was the one who spent, I think, the most time around it and asking questions. Is that is that correct? I stood near James while okay. he did that. Okay, good. So. Listen, that is that is <laughs> secondhand knowledge. Um, uh-huh. Let's briefly talk about the OnePlus Watch 2. So this, this launched at MWC. I was at a briefing for it on... Oh God! I think it was Sunday. Who who knows? Time, what is time? Um, Honestly, <laughs> the OnePlus Watch is like the one watch where it would be like maybe I'm finally ready to give smartwatches a proper try. Yeah. And and the reason is battery life. Yes, that's the that's the best. That's the thing. It's best at is is the fact that it can you can get four days of battery life out of it like fairly easily. Like you don't really have to think too hard about it, which which is not true for most other like non-hybrid smartwatches i mean it's it i say non-hybrid it's kind of has some weird software stuff there but i like, was just gonna yeah. say so basically a oneplus worked together with google to make whereas last longer on a single yeah. charge and uh the way they achieved that is there are two processors inside of the oneplus watch they're actually um two uh, wait is it two processors or is it like two different instruction sets. Like, you know, processors much better than I do, Bill. I believe it's two different CPUs, like fully. Okay, yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so like the uh, lower power CPU um, basically powers a lower power OS that takes over whenever you don't need the full Wear OS, like when you just have the always on display or when you just want to like check the time or a notification. And uh, that's basically the trick that keeps this battery charged up for so long. Plus, the battery is much bigger than on the Pixel Watch, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a bigger watch in, in general. It is. It is. If you've been yeah. complaining about the size of the, the Pixel Watch and, and wished it was bigger, like, this is this is the watch for you. Although I think it's, like, technically, it's not, like, I think the screen is a little smaller than Samsung's pro, most recent Pro Watch. But I'd have to, or not Pro, uh, uh, Classic. Um, they keep switching the branding back and forth on that, and I can never keep it straight. But yeah, so so when I say hybrid, I think of one that has like the two display layers, which is why I was like, oh, it's not a hybrid, but like it is, it is just in a different way. But yeah, it's really neat what they've done. They've also like Taylor is in love with the fact that the charger for it is just like a puck that you can plug any USB C cable into. It's not like a built in cable, right. so like you can just take the puck with you and then keep one USB-C cable for everything. And it's a lot easier to like, Oh, I'll just like switch it from my laptop charger to my like OnePlus watch charger, which is, which is great. And like genuinely everyone should copy. And how did this take a decade for us to get there? 
Um, How about we put a USB-C port on a watch? Well, listen, listen, (laughs) listen, along with two cameras, I think, and then we'll, we'll be good. It is a weird device in some ways, I would say. It is not like this is, so Taylor gave it a 7 out of 10. I would say go read his review. It's very good. So I did not get to test this. Taylor reviewed it for us, but I've been, I feel like every other person I was around this week, like had one and, and I've been in group chats where they've been talking about it for two weeks and I would say that the cons list on Taylor's review is exactly what I've heard from everyone else, which is first off the crown, the rotating crown on this watch doesn't do anything. It is not linked into the software. You can rotate it like it'll physically yeah. rotate. Is it, it doesn't rotate crown. I mean, yeah, you can spin it. It is essentially a fidget toy built into this watch, I would say. Uh, which is funny, and they should fix that. They should figure out how to do that. The other thing is uh, OnePlus, <laughs> OnePlus has its own fitness app called, I think it's like O-Health or something like that, and, and it's not particularly good. Uh, yes, O-Health. It's not a particularly good app, but I think what is worse is that it as you burn calories, it starts telling you an equivalent of what you've burnt. <laughs> So it'll be like, you've burned 0.8 slices of pizza, or it loves saying egg tart, which is so funny because that's, <laughs> okay, sure, egg tart, we're all thinking about egg tarts at all times, but it'll say like, you've burnt two egg tarts, which is just great, or a serving of fries, which is, I don't know, I could not tell what you. What is a serving? Ex- yeah. What is a serving of fries? What are you referring to? So it's not great, and and frankly, I, I think proves that maybe OnePlus did not talk to uh, anyone about what eating disorders are because that is, uh, you know, it's one thing for for people to stay away from calorie counting applications because it can trigger that kind of stuff. It is another thing to have it built directly into the watch that when you can't turn it off and it's just constantly telling you the amount of food you've burnt, it's not good. Like, it, it needs to be updated that you can disable that stuff for anyone with that kind of history but especially like it is a thing that like would apply mostly to to women and it's just it's not great um i hope they fix that in an update but yeah so it is not a perfect watch it is certainly much better than uh the first oneplus watch from a few years ago um it would be hard for it to be worse so final thing i guess and then we can do a quick really quick lightning round of anything else you guys want to mention that will be good is the samsung galaxy mm-hmm. ring was kind of there was behind glass uh but mm-hmm. james and i guess you dom as well if you were there with him rushed to take photos of it when we heard about it and yeah so we are waiting for it to be announced probably or like fully you know detailed probably this summer uh we learned it exists yeah it exists looks like a ring i i have nothing I know, it's, it's there's some really groundbreaking stuff they've got going on there it's it's round there's a hole in the middle yeah, roughly the size of a human finger yes um, um there are nine sizes so if you yeah. you know depending on your the size of your finger um i love we did learn a few things right yes. there yeah we know there's kind of come in nine sizes uh all standard watch sizes we have no idea how they're gonna let you figure out your your sorry watch sizes, ring sizes. We don't know how they'll handle that. Other companies do like sizing kits they send out, so maybe it'll be similar. Yeah. We know colors, kind of. I mean, Samsung has like a big advantage because there's like a lot of physical spaces where Samsung stuff is sold. Yeah, this is right? true. That's, you can actually go into shops ships, and do it. Stuff like yep. that, yeah. Yep. With the Aura Ring, it's probably not the same. Like it's a brand that still needs to Everything's get online recognition. Yeah. yeah. Mm. We know it comes in 
black, silver, and gold colors, at least. Maybe there'll be more. Yeah, can uh, I say, those... they, they need to do a titanium, obviously. Yeah. Just titanium, co- like, <laughs> they, they can market it as titanium. It's right there. Mm. <laughs> like... Samsung, if you're listening to this, go take this idea. Surely that's for the Galaxy Ring Pro. Come on. That's... Ah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the colors are, we don't know the names of the colors. We asked, and basically Samsung doesn't know either. So they, they, they know what they're going to look like, but they haven't figured out what they're going to call these things. So we'll see, we'll see how that works out. We kind of know it's very light from what we've been told. Uh, it's a little over two grams, which is about half the weight of an aura ring. I'm not sure if it will stay that weight. That kind of seems almost suspiciously light, especially because Samsung is also saying that it has a really long battery life. And I don't really understand how those two things jive together. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if some of that side of stuff gets tweaked over the next few months before we actually see it come out. But for now, it seems like it's very light and Samsung is being kind of bullish about the battery life being impressive. That is most of what we know. Um, Samsung hinted a little that it will probably be Android exclusive. They haven't said that officially, but they told CNET something that they hope our devices are of such caliber that people will be willing to switch, which really sounds like a way of saying this won't work with an iPhone. Mm. Yeah, it's good to know this stuff, right? But like a lot of this is stuff that I I would hope it would have long battery life, I guess. Like whatever exactly. that means. Like it's not yeah. it's not a smartwatch. Like that's kind of why it's people half like the point. The and and we, again, yeah. we don't have a number. We don't have an actual time. This isn't Samsung didn't come out and say it'll last a week. They just said long battery life. So yeah. that could be anything. Um I mean it's worth saying a few people out at NWC I think did get to try yes. the ring on. Yeah. James and I just saw it in the case. But equally the only extent to which anyone got hands-on with this was literally being able to put the ring on their finger and, and hold it, um, because you're there with it for five minutes, so no one really knows how this thing is going to work and what the software side of the experience is going to be like and what the exact set of tracking features it's going to have inside it. Yeah. That's it for our awards. Uh, did you guys have anything you wanted to highlight that you saw that we maybe didn't give an award to like any, any quick shout outs. Um, I have to say this Barbie flip phone thing has been in my mind all week. I was so infuriated about the Barbie <laughs> flip phone. Not that it will exist or does exist or whatever. That's great. I'm infuriated that it doesn't yet exist. Yes. That I went all the way to a press conference yes. on Sunday to be told there will be a Barbie phone. Yes. We're going to announce it in July. Just Here's say, a pixelated image. Why am image. I in this room now? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Here's a blurry pixelated image of a like pink rectangle. That may be what it looks like. So we have no idea. But yeah, I wasn't there. So I, I started digging through. I was like, I saw the, the pixelated image and I was like, oh, that must be like a teaser. Surely uh-huh. there's a, a press kit somewhere that has an image of this in it. No, I <laughs> know. We don't know what, what it actually looked- happened during the press conference, yeah. is someone clearly went wrong with the presentation because they started sort of saying, oh, we may be able to tease an image of it. And then that pixelated image flashed up on screen for a split second okay. and went away. So I thought, oh, they're doing a funny little thing where you kind of get half a glimpse and none of us could really see what it was. But clearly they just did that by error because then about 30 seconds later, the image went back on and stayed up. And everyone uh, then went, oh, no, that's that's really all it is. It's just... <laughs> Four four pixelated photos of different HMD phones with yeah. no details. Yeah. Well, no, it says July under it. So yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what's really the announcement here basically is HMD, who yeah. currently make all of the Nokia branded phones on the market. They basically said, "We're they're expanding their portfolio. They're going to start doing HMD branded devices." They didn't really tell us anything about them. They're going to continue doing Nokia branded devices. 
didn't tell us about what's to come there, except hinting that basically they're going to be leaning more on those sort of reissues of classic old Nokia phones. Reading between the lines, I got the feeling maybe the focus on the Nokia side is going to be on those dumb phones and feature phones and moving away from the smartphone side, though I don't know, nothing official was said on that basis. It just kind of, that was the vibe. And then the final, like, third tier of this is going to be they're start, going to start doing these licensing arrangements. And they made a big fuss of the fact that Barbie is just number one. We're going to see more of these. Um, I don't know what they will be. They wouldn't say anything. It's maybe telling that the first announcement teaser they had for this didn't show a Barbie logo. It showed a Mattel logo. Mm. So go look up Mattel and see what other toy brands they own and imagine what other ones might be coming down the line through that. Uh, and who knows whether they've actually lined up other companies or if it's just a whole set of Mattel things on the way. I mean, that fits Mattel's film plans where they're yes, like, Barbie's exactly. a hit. What if we made uh, 20 more movies based on we made a, a, a dark and twisted Barney adaptation, which is a real rumor that exists. You can go read. <laughs> and, so I'm really looking forward to the Barney phone, I guess. Maybe HMD can get a bit luckier here, though, because they've like gone the timing completely wrong twice here. These are the guys that had a tie-in uh, Bond phone. But then the movie got delayed by COVID, so they had to put out the Bond phone with no Bond film. Yes. Now they're doing yeah. a Barbie phone, but they're doing it a year late for the Barbie film. <laughs> so maybe, just mm. maybe, they can get their Barney phone out within a month of the Barney movie. Dinosaur sensation! <laughs> this thing is so silly. I kind of love it. Yeah, Manuel, do you have anything that you want to want to shout out that you saw? Oh, yeah, I have a few things that I would like to highlight. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's basically like more stuff that happens in the background, but like it's still exciting. So at MWC, there was this company called MetaLens. Yeah. And they introduced a new so-called Polar ID biometric authentication system. And the pitch is basically that it's smaller and less expensive than Face ID on the iPhone, but just as secure. They showed me the prototype and uh, showed how it works. Like the iPhone, it uh, doesn't work with uh, like a 3D printed mask. It doesn't work with an image. It can like clearly identify the real person rather than like the copy. But like it basically fits in a regular hole punch camera. Like you don't need that whole array stuff. And the way it achieves that is its technology can see the polarization of light, so it doesn't need this IR blaster uh, as the iPhone needs. But like it basically can directly identify the surrounding based on the the way that the light bounces off your face. Like that's a unique signature much like a fingerprint or the AR blaster image that the iphone sees and they are supposedly talking to a whole bunch of companies and a whole bunch of manufacturers and showing them how this technology works uh, they're partnered with qualcomm and with samsung they have integrated their technology in samsung's isocell vision 931 sensor so it really looks like they're in a really great position. And I'm really hoping we'll see the first few products that launch with this in the next year or two, because that would basically be one way where Android would be better than the iPhone, where it's like historically struggled to provide a similar seamless um, authentication system. Yeah, that's what I'm very excited about. I've been like begging for this kind of tech to like be commonplace on, on Android, essentially, because like, you know, it's really mm. not on any phones right now, like for the most part, like the, you know, Pixel 8 Pro can like, or I, I think both Pixel 8s, I guess, but like has the, you know, right, both. Uh, what's, what's the level? I, I always mix up the numbers at level 
three authentic it's the correct level of authentication that it can support like um mm. so uh obviously polar id is yes. like on a quest to promote its own stuff right. but like they're basically saying uh Google decided to go for a trade-off with security when they enabled the um, level three yes. stuff for the Pixel Absolutely. 8. Uh, because it's physically much harder to make an RGB camera, like an RGB-based authentication system as secure as like a Face ID or Polar ID-based right. um, system. And so they're basically saying that Google is sacrificing some security for this. Uh, but like, of course they would say that because they want to promote their own product. So... Mm -hmm. Google would probably say something different sure, sure um, and we would need independent testing to really confirm this. But yeah, like there must be a reason why uh, Apple spends like a lot of money on developing and like continuing to develop Face ID technology when they could just use an RGB camera. Uh, oh, and one thing I should mention about the Polar ID thing is that it works in low light. That was like exactly what does. I was about um, to ask. It, it, that is... That is Mm. More than the security concerns, uh, you know, whether or not they're how, whatever. Uh, but like, that is the thing that drives me crazy about face unlock on Android right now is that they all are like, are, are you in, is it mm. daylight? It'll probably, it'll probably work pretty quick. Are you, you know, laying in bed? Like, right. Like it's not gonna, you're going to have to use the fingerprint sensor. Like that's just, it's never going to work. And that's not true on the iPhone. Like it works fine in low light. So it works fine in no light. Right. And so if Polar ID can bring that sort of experience to, to Android, that is, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, like they basically have something similar like the IR Blaster that's on the iPhone, uh, but like they can make it smaller. I, I have to admit, I'm at this moment, I'm not entirely sure how they achieved that, but like I could see what the um, finished smartphone selfie camera looks like that has this technology integrated. And like it's really not bigger than uh, what you see in the Pixel 8 right now. So yeah. yeah. I will shout out one more thing and then we can we can wrap up. And this isn't even a thing I saw. I just love Dom's write-up about it. Um, it's this Nubia music phone. Nub uh, I'm very glad you, you did that. I, I, I was going to have to give this thing a dishonorable mention. <laughs> this thing is... It is... Uh, your headline, Dom, is this phone was made for the worst person you know. And truly uh, might be my favorite headline we've run in like months. Um, it's... <laughs> It is a it is an Android phone that has a big fucking speaker built into the back of it that says it can it is six hundred percent louder than the average Android phone, and it is purely designed. So, you know you know who it's designed for. I landed in Buffalo last night, and the, the second we had cell connections back, the fifteen year old kid sitting across the aisle from me was like. Yep. What if I watch my TikTok feed at full volume while we wait to get off this plane? Uh, that's who this phone is for. Fun. Um, yeah, I was. I texted a friend of mine who is a teacher. One of my good friends is a is a high school teacher, and I was like, "Is this what you deal with like every day?" And he was like, "Yes." And I was like, "How do you not go crazy?" And he was like, "It is an everyday struggle." <laughs> and I was like. Anyway, so I think every every high school student in America should get one of these really worldwide um, just to fully drive uh, teachers crazy. I think it would be a fun experiment. Um, this thing should not be uh, street legal. It should be. It's it's awful. It's criminal. Uh, <laughs> a little inside baseball. Like when I was on the stand, I only saw this because I was looking for the, the Nubia Flip 5G and then this was down there. But Nubia had it constantly playing music at the oh stand. Oh, my God. Did and it, it sound loud. good? No, or just loud. No, 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 just loud. <laughs> uh, it sounds like a phone, 
yeah. where someone's cranked it up to max and then found a way to crank it up six times louder. <laughs> oh, again. like if you play something in VLC, VLC will let you go to 200% volume. Yes. And it is yeah. louder, but it also is bad. <laughs> it's it's that. Well, I, I believe I believe Nubia is using what it calls an AI extreme volume algorithm <laughs> to achieve the effect. So we have AI to blame here as well. Uh, but yeah, I was there next to um, Michael Fisher, Mr. Yeah. Mobile. And he and I were just trying to film stuff with the Flip 5G and constantly glaring down at this music phone <laughs> blasting. And you could just see all the other journalists around just all like staring daggers at this thing. Every now and then someone would go and pause the music on it so we could all get back to what we were doing. And then a Nubia staff member would just walk over, pick it up, <laughs> hit play again, put it back down. And we don't, oh my God, really? <laughs> it was nonstop. I, I hate this thing with a passion. <laughs> and I, I wish I could say this is a concept phone, but it's not. It's going on sale and only for $150. They are trying to get this thing into the hands of as many awful teenagers as they can. I think that's as good of a place to leave it as we'll ever find. Um, Tom, Manuel, thank you uh, for being on this week. Um, shout out to James, who also was was traversing Barcelona with us all week. Um, I had a great time with you guys. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I I hope we can all go again next year. It really was. Um, Dom truly crushed all of the food recommendations. So special <laughs> shout out to him. He, Definitely. We just we yes. would we would be hungry and we would just all look at Dom and be like, "Where are we going to eat?" <laughs> you know. that is at least fifty percent of what I'm here for. So <laughs> listen, no misses, no misses. So. Um, yeah, you Jules, can. You gotta add Dom's uh, foodie map. Oh yeah, into yes, the show notes. Yes. <laughs> do that, do that, Jules. Um, wow, I should really know uh, uh, better how to take us out because uh, Daniel usually does that, and I just sit back and that's when I take a sip of water. Um, yeah, you can follow the show where you. I mean, you're listening to it right now. You know, read all our coverage. Do that. You know what the site is if you're listening to this. Are you guys active on what? platform are you guys active on these days i'm all over the place uh sure. like i'm I, I don't really know where to go yeah. with the whole x thing no going on so i'm yeah. basically on i'm calling it twitter uh, yeah. i am on twitter i am on mastodon i am on threads uh and basically just trying to figure this whole new crazy social media world out right now there we go uh dom yeah i'm Similarly, in, in most places, I'm, I'm generally either Dom Preston or, or Dom Dot Preston, depending on which username I could get. Still on Twitter, and then uh, uh, on Substack, uh, I have a Substack called Braze where I write about food. Yes. So if you want to hear about what we ate in Barcelona, you could actually do that. Yes. There will be a newsletter this week. Yeah, J Jules, sincerely link that in the in the in the show notes. That is, it is worth reading because we uh we ate a lot of good food. Okay, that's it. Daniel should be back next week. It'll be him and I, and maybe we'll try to bring on a guest or something. But until then, have a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.